I looked at him and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can unzip in your own personal space, but you don't need to be unzipping things down onto my desktop. That seems very dangerous and not safe for work. I bet an incredibly handsome Davenair man said that recently. Very, very recently. He had a moustache that he was twirling and rubbing more wax into. I don't know if that's somebody I should be trusting. Dick Dastardly? Yes. How did you know his name? (laughs) Nice. Context clues, mostly. That's all we need is a Wacky Erases reboot. He said my name's Dastardly. I'm Dick Dastardly. (laughs) In fairness, it's a pretty good villain name. But also, real quick, that's a set of remakes we haven't really seen is Hanna-Barbera stuff. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I think they did make a new thing called Jellystone or something like that. I think it was a Cartoon Network thing. Oh, yeah. Yellowstone? (laughs) But I thought it was... No, hold on. (laughs) Not the... Who's in that show? Kevin Costner? Not Kevin Costner. Is it Kevin Costner? No. This is nothing. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Banter Banter. At the corner of nostalgia and reality. Welcome to the place where Warner Brothers absorbs your company. Warner Brothers, if you ever want to buy us out, just email us at banterbantercast at gmail.com. We can negotiate comedic rights. Instead of Warner Brothers, how about you Warner Brother? (laughs) That's only if the police are near. Also, please warn me if the police are near. And now that we know that the coast is clear here at the corner of nostalgia and reality, I wanted to take the moment and discuss stuff that has captured the hearts of a generation. Yeah, the hearts of a generation, the hearts of the nation, the hearts of the globe, in both good and bad ways. COVID-19. Much like Hanna-Barbera once captured (laughs) the eyes and minds. (laughs) Of citizens, COVID-19 has captured the hearts and brain cells of many of the individuals across this globe. You tried, Mike. It's just really hard to avoid that turd that was thrown into the dance floor over there. Yeah, that's my bad. I accidentally bounced the basketball on it and everybody got sprayed. With the turd. My goodness. It was the turd that got hit with the basketball. I thought it was a Snickers bar. Not Hanna-Barbera. Yes, after just dumping an entire pasture's worth of manure onto the dance floor. I do apologize. I stepped on your moment, Mike. That is Snickers, right? Snickers is the one with corn in it? Yes. Snickers candy bar? (laughs) Snickers does look like penis veins. My, uh, no, I cannot see it! (laughs) You just ruined my favorite candy bar! What are you going to do when you get hangry this time? Eat a Three Musketeers? Because those Three Musketeers... Apparently, according to you, I'm going to eat a dick! Also look like penis (laughs) veins. Well, you get to decide on how long that dick is. Listen, listen! Listen, Snickers come in a variety of sizes. There's they sure do. The king's size, <laughs> king size bars, the normal size, the party size. I'm sorry, adults. 
spoiler alert, this is a sexually charged intro. You might want to cover your kids' ears. I was going over the Snickers size scale. How dare you interrupt me? It's not the size of the fun size, but what you do with it. <laughs> it's the motion of the ocean. It goes from the biggest being king size all the way down to Halloween size. <laughs> Isn't there the, like, two bars in one? Yeah, that's the king size. It used to be one big bar. It just looked like one big turd you're unwrapping. Ouch. Or now, a veiny dick, it sounds like. Here, every time you said turd, I was like, well, why do you keep unraveling Tootsie Rolls? God, it's in my brain. And how many people poop multicolored poop so you have different flavors of Tootsie Roll? Vanilla, lemon, lime, cherry, morphine, Prozac. This podcast needs a wipe down. Can we get a wipe down over here on this podcast, please? Speaking of a wipe down... We're going to wipe down this podcast and take a quick look at recapturing the hearts and minds of America. I mean, at this point, can we really recover? Maybe. Because what we can do is think about space again. Wasn't it five years or so ago that a crazy man from South Africa decided to put a weird mannequin inside a vehicle that he purchased and shoot it off into space? <laughs> It must be nice to have that much disposable income. Yep. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. SpaceX. Oh, so long ago, back in February of 2018, decided to jam a Tesla Roadster on top of some highly combustible space rocket fuel and shoot some more junk out into the universe. As if we haven't destroyed it enough with our trash, we got some more. And we realize that said South African gentleman is a bit divisive in the world today, but the stuff being done with SpaceX is incredible. It is allowing astronauts to explore space again. And I think that's awesome. I was really sad when the government defunded NASA. I think space is important. I think learning as much about the universe as we can is important. So I'm glad that at least there's another means in which to explore and study. Don't give any credit to that con man. Most of the money he gets from that is actually government money. That is actually not a business. Yes, but I will say just like NASA at one point in American history captured the minds and hearts of its citizens. Now this man will capture your wallets as he charges you exorbitant fees to circle orbit. He will. I think SpaceX as a company, aside from its owner and creator, did kind of reinvigorate America's excitement for space, of actually getting out there and exploring in the terms of sending humans places for exploration in comparison to just sending out rovers and probes like we've done a lot in the past after we stopped the Apollo missions and going out to the moon. It's a shame that the term space race is obsolete now because what a marketable phrase. What a great Cold War era term to pit two world powers with nuclear weapons against each other. 
Now who's throwing a turd on the dance floor? <laughs> what a better way to label a piece of shit than to talk about a shitty time in our history. <laughs> the Cold War did bring about the space race and the human achievement of just putting that together back in the time that they did where we look back and technology, although very advanced for them at that time, you look now at what a phone can do computing power wise compared to the computers they had. The fact that they were still using pen and paper to do calculations. Wild and absolutely amazing that they were able to do that to get humans all the way out there and almost perfectly nail it every single time. Mind-blowing. And I would say that's for any nation that comes up with and is capable of sending humans into space. And we're at it again, which is great. And I hope we have more viable access as a regular human to space, because... For every photo I've seen of people taking images of our galaxy, of galaxies way out in the distance, photos from moon missions, from Apollo through the Gemini series, probably going in the wrong direction with that, but whatever. Photos of satellites we've sent out looking back at the outer reaches of our universe, and pointing out the tiny blip of a pixel that is Earth to remind us we shouldn't be fighting each other. We are humanity. We are all one. That's a very kind sentiment. Yeah, maybe now you can tell the South African guy with all the money to freaking cooperate with the rest of society. I'll step off my soapbox and allow you guys to step on the soapbox if you want to, or just butt in and share something that you think has captured national attention for the United States of America in recent times. I tend to avoid soapboxes because they're very slippery. Is that a thing? <laughs> is that is that joke a thing? Only if you get them wet. Listen, I'm just throwing comedy against the wall and seeing what uh, sticks. Uh, were you laughing or choking? Just don't get it wet. A little of both. Soapbox has gone wild. <laughs> this is about the time I insert an obligatory grip and rip. Grip and rip, now powered by your imagination. <laughs> Gentlemen, are there any events of the past five to ten years you think have captured the hearts and minds of American citizens? That gave it a driving force? That one required a little bit of research that I didn't do. In America? In America. In America. Is it kind of sad that I can't really think of anything? <laughs> I think I have a little bit of something, and I'm not sure it necessarily fits immediately into the gradient of super positive stuff, because it's still kind of in development, but... Personally, I am beyond juiced at the idea that so many industries have considered and are either in the process of 
or have already voted to form unions for their respective industries. Heck yeah, man. And I understand it's maybe not as flashy as going out into space, but I think what I appreciate in it is while this is an effort that involves multiple decentralized groups each, but groups nonetheless bargaining for the rights of their members. And there is stuff that can go wrong with mismanagement and so on. But I think what the important thing is, is that it at least curves the dialogue back to beginning to care about the individual little guy at the bottom. Because as much as they tell us that these groups are purely here to take your money and take away your ability to bargain your own benefits and pay rate from your boss. Let's be honest. You walk into your manager or supervisor's office asking for more money. They might laugh at you, but then you will either be let go or put on that list of in case we need to let people go. But to put a positive spin on it, I definitely feel that the better opportunities we have for individual workers to have a better day-to-day, the more opportunities we have for either them or their loved ones to go on to do something better, to maybe even become part of that group that goes and helps this effort to get us into space. I would wholeheartedly agree that the resurgence of unions and the creation of unions in America is a beneficial thing. Unions have done some amazing work and have been around a lot longer than I think most people actually recognize. The first worker strike happened back in 1768. And then in 1794, Philadelphia shoemakers formed the first union in the United States. This was a constant increase in progress over the years, and in 1979, there were 21 million union members inside the United States of America. That's a huge chunk. And that's some good bargaining power. And among the many things that we can thank them for, one of the ones that gets handed around a lot is the reason the standard for a work week is 40 hours is thanks to union bargaining. Otherwise, everything would be wholly unregulated and legitimately employers can ask you to work as much as they want. And I would say that there's a lot of things that, at least in America and probably across the globe for first world countries in the work-life balance process, kind of came from union workers and that union bargaining chip that they had. Because I would postulate that a union is the best version in capitalism to Marx and his statement of the workers hold the power. So you should get a cut of the money being earned because you are the labor force. Yeah. And the union just helps you get a cut of that money. That's a good first step. The next best step is the complete fall of capitalism. 
But what I was talking about earlier... Don't worry, we're on the late stages. ...is that it doesn't entirely fit the topic criteria because a lot of this news about emerging union movement has been international, and that's what's exciting, is it's happening everywhere. It's slowly becoming an unavoidable fact. I think that's a great moment for us to transition. Something I did also want to talk about was more global attention to some good things that have been happening in the recent years, or that are upcoming. And maybe not good things on all of the topics, but unique and globally changing in some of those aspects. Like, recently, there was the coronation of King Charles, so it's no longer God Save the Queen, we're back to God Save the King. But that's a huge shift for a country. The royal family has no actual power in England. They are head of state, not head of government. So, really, it's a purely ceremonial position nowadays. Although it is ceremonial, it is definitely a diplomatic role that the royal family is charged with for the country. Although they do have separate ties between Parliament, because the Prime Minister does also do a lot of work, but the royal family does function as a political asset for the nation. I find it confusing that so many people on this side of the pond follow the royal family whenever the basis for our nation was to get away from them. There's something about celebrities, no matter where they're at. And in England, the royal family is a different variation of celebrity. Much like America loves to hear the news about people in Hollywood. Gossip, baby. I want some of that tea poured in my cup, because I want to be a little frog sipping on that tea. <laughs> what was that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> that was me sipping on the tea like I was Kermit. No, 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 no. The whole... Oh, okay. There we go. That's the part you needed to... It sounded like a chipmunk. <laughs> but it's none of my business. But it's none of my business. It sounded like a chipmunk chewing. It sounded like a chipmunk doing cocaine. <laughs> I love it. That would be more like... <laughs> yeah, after enough cocaine, for sure. I think we found our episode title. Well, they're really small. They don't need a lot of cocaine. One bump, they're probably dead. <laughs> Next in the Cocaine Bear Cinematic Universe, Cocaine Chipmunk. Have y'all seen Cocaine Bear? Yes, sir. It's been long enough, I have. Yes, I saw, I saw Cocaine Bear in theaters. Cocaine Bear. I did not see it in theaters, but I did see it at my house. I loved it. That was fantastic. To be honest, I don't really feel like it is a movie that needed to be seen in theaters. It was fun to see it on the big screen, but like I can see just as much enjoyment seeing it on the small screen. Yeah, I also really just liked that movie a lot. It had me tickled from beginning to end. Manny, any takes on Cocaine Bear before we move past the cocaine high? Of it's Wokane Bear, because <laughs> originally the bear that did the cocaine was male. This one is female and has cups. Also, 
the story is about a mother protecting her child and child's friend. So much feminism. Eat it, regressives. Yeah, you take that. And then when you take that cocaine bear out of America and you realize nobody else really recognizes or has a connection to this movie, it fails. Nobody recognizes the power of cocaine bear outside of this country. (laughs) Nobody's had cocaine in their country aside from America. Because that's how focused we are on ourselves. You know another example of a mother bear protecting her cubs? Did you guys ever see The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio? I vaguely watched it. Something about him shooting a wolf and, like, wearing bear's skin and asking for sheep. He wandered into a clearing where there was a cub. And he got a look of panic on his face because a cub is never far away from his parent. And that bear saw him and he shot it and then the bear came over and started roughing him up i think he won the fight and then he was like ba ba black sheep give me all your fur i'm gonna hide in it and like a tauntaun keep myself from dying you know those were the exact words and the exact thing that happened in the film yeah and that very inflection when you take 200 drug mushrooms i love how you think it's transactionally drug mushrooms hi Welcome to your local merchant. What would you like to buy today? Drug dash mushrooms. Drug dash marijuana. Drug dash aspirin. I would make the worst undercover cop in the world. Hi, can I have two drugs, please? (laughs) You would be so nice about it. (laughs) Something that I stumbled upon and I thought was pretty amazing coming up as like, good vibes scenario i'm gonna butcher the name of this music festival but it is located in uganda on the nile river and it is neji neji music festival that is n-y-e-g-e repeat it one more time music festival and it's hosted right along the nile river oh that's fun And it is a multi-day event. It is something that's been around for about 12 years, but it is... You might say that event is in denial. (laughs) But it's an amazing amalgamation of music across Africa. And I think that is fantastic that they are having a place to exhibit their music and their talent And to have people come and experience it for a multi-day, multi-weekend experience. So that's in December. If you want to check that out and you've got the extra cash just burning a hole in the pocket of your pants, I personally suggest go check it out. Fair, fair. So are there any other things that are happening around the world that you think are like good vibes that are bringing attention to a specific nation because of the event or the conversation they're having in their society? Well, I think it would be debatable on who would actually find this as a celebratory thing. Disney will be turning 100 in October of this year, October 16th, I believe. Which is a huge thing, and Disney has had a long, checkered past. Rehabilitated, dehabilitated, rehabilitated again. 
on and off racist. It's been quite a journey over the last century. But it's also a film studio that's been around for a hundred years. I think the only other one that's probably been around as long as Disney is probably Universal Pictures. And I don't know when Universal's getting their hundred years. They may have already had it. But, wow, 100 years. It is crazy to think. It's definitely wild. And with some of the movies they've got coming up, I have mixed emotions on what they're releasing. Because some of the remakes, the live actions that they've got booked, I love the ideas that they're challenging with the changes, much like with Little Mermaid. But at the same time, there are other things that are making me wonder, are you just trying to correct course on an old creation you have so it doesn't seem as brutally whitewashed as the original? If this number is correct, since its genesis, Disney has released... 226 movies from 1923 to 2023. Is that including the more recent purchases? Just ones that strictly have the name Disney tied to it. Okay, then that's actually pretty amazing because they're excluding a lot of other works that they are owners of. Ownership of things, wow. Is there even a way to calculate that? Probably in the thousands. Manny, you got anything that is interesting about the world at large? Piques your interest as a good thing happening? At the Liam Museum of Art in Seoul, there was an interpretive piece of artwork that was going to fetch around the sum of $120,000, which was a banana duct taped to a wall. Another art student went and ate this banana, and when he was finished, he put the peel back in the place of that banana. I'm curious as to how much more value has been added now that the banana has been eaten. The museum doesn't seem to find it amusing because they later replaced it with a fresh banana. So then you gotta wonder who was gonna pay $120,000 for that banana. And Really, isn't there much more commentary to say from the banana peel and the piece of performative artwork that is eating that banana and then putting the peel back up? Now, it sounds like I'm just jerking all of you around by the chain here, but... I don't know if I find this story very appealing. I see what you did there. I think it brings back another similar story where another performative banana piece of art... Apparently, this isn't an original thing. The Art Basel in Miami had a similar banana tape thing going on. And honestly, despite the quick shots of like, oh, well, interpretive art is just garbage or whatever, it does bring the whole thing into a greater light and it brings interest into the art community that otherwise wouldn't be there. You gotta figure out of so many bizarre gotcha clicks that they get that a couple of them wonder what else was in the gallery. And also some money changed hands, so that's interesting. 
doesn't that make you feel better that somebody with way too much money lost over 100k on a banana? I'm more excited about the company that sold them the second banana. How much did they get paid? Inflation. This is an artistic banana. A banana bonanza. Sell it off as an artisanal banana. And maybe that's where the confusion set in. Like, oh, artisanal. That means it's art. Yes, this one was pampered and massaged. This one got lots of extra fertilizer and was massaged daily. Much like Wagyu beef is a cow that gets to drink beer and is massaged. None of this is fact. One gorilla was sacrificed for it a day. The steps you were talking about were actually the steps for Kobe beef. Even better. Drink beer, we'll massage you, and then we'll murder you and make you into an art piece. And then someone will eat the banana and I can charge you for a second banana that I curated. Art is very unique, and sometimes I enjoy that art and artists are capable of finding a way to reappropriate money from those one percenters. I want to ask a question for our listeners as we exit. What is something from your childhood or your teenage years, your formative years? that sparked enjoyment and you wish there was a resurgence of that. And I'm just going to toss mine out there. That's Bananas in Pajamas. Give me some more episodes, y'all. They're coming down the stairs. In pairs. And I need it. Then there's the adult version, Zucchinis and Bikinis. <sighs> I think I will pass. Thank you. I was always a fan of Squash.0. Oh. <laughs> Listeners, I'm going to leave you with a parting thought. Where do you think these questions in that type of news will be a decade from now? Will any of them build upon any of the ones that were brought up today? Or do you think we'll have entirely different cultural touchstones happening? My question for you, our precious, precious listeners and fans, is do you think we will ever approach a point where we could look at actually colonizing a planet that is not Earth? Always remember, if you loved us or hate us, we really do need you to take a moment and rate us, because the more you give us the upvotes, or the updutes, or the likes, add in the subscribes, it boosts us out to more people. And to help expand that, you could always offer us to a friend you think would enjoy listening to these three crazy podcast hosts. And always remember to rat-a-tat-tap or clickety-clickety-click on that like and subscribe button. Wait a second, is that the one that Mike just did? Yeah. Dad gummit! It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's Mike's fault. He's being greedy. He took two of them. I'm mixing it up. I'm sorry. You're gonna leave this in, aren't you? It's like I'm playing Yahtzee. Look after your health, everyone. Listeners, this is a always set of good advice. Keep those germs off of your face. 
by washing your hands and wearing a mask if you ever do come down with something or maybe just to keep those allergens out. Make sure to hydrate and keep up with your shots. Get any of those seasonal allergy boosters or any other boosters that might be available to you. But up up but up don't be on fire. Bum! Follow us on our social media, Facebook at Banter Bantercast, Twitter at Banter underscore cast. You can find me at Mike8Time on the Twits. You can find me on Twitter at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. Or you can find me, your boy Manny, at BrogarCRE. This year's art was provided to us by Valeria on Instagram at Valerian underscore root. Link in the description down below. Show us some love and support. Our intro and outro theme are Caravan Bowser by Flexstyle and XPRT Novice. And you can find them over at Overclocked Remix. Give it a listen, yo.